Hi, and welcome to Take Heart. Our mission here at Take Heart is to offer encouragement, give hope and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. We have free resources for caregivers and we'd love to share them with you. You can find them on our website at takeheartspecialmoms.com slash resources. We are so glad you're here. It's Sarah, and I am with a very special guest, Madeline Cheney. Madeline is a mom to two amazing kiddos, Wendy, a six-year-old who claims she is daughter nature versus mother nature, which is seriously the cutest thing ever, and a four-year-old boy, Kimball, who has disabilities caused by a rare disorder. Madeline created the Rare Life podcast two years ago as a safe space for parents of children with disabilities to feel seen and to know they are not alone. She lives in Utah with her husband and children. Please help me welcome Madeline. Thank you so much, Madeline, for being here. It is a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah. Well, I love your podcast. So this is just, um, this is a pleasure for me. I, uh, my son also has what's considered a rare disorder. So okay. um, I was really excited whenever I got the opportunity to just have this conversation with you, because I know a lot of our listeners have some they, their children have some rare disorders and it's just, um, it, it's just a different type of parenting, um, completely. So, you know, before we get started and before we jump in, let's just spend a little, I would love for you to just, um, spend a few minutes just to tell us about yourself, your family, and just about your special needs journey. Yeah. Um, so I am, you know, earlier on in this journey, um, but it became a really huge part of it to um, create the Rare Life podcast. And um, I'm sure you've experienced this too, but it has totally changed uh, my experience with my son because of being able to rub shoulders with some really amazing parents in a way that I normally wouldn't be able to, like by, you know, interviewing them and that's been really, really awesome. And I feel like my perspective is so much wider and deeper because of that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like other stuff. I mean, like I spend so much of my time working on the podcast. So that's really <laughs> taken over my like any extra time I have. But we really, as a family, we love to go outside and we love to go hiking with our daughter nature <laughs> and to go camping. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, um, so why does she consider herself daughter nature? I have to ask. She is just like, she's a wild child. Like she is like, mom, we shouldn't be in houses. This is not how we were meant to be. I'm like, but Wendy, what about like air conditioning? She was like, 
I just don't like things like with electricity or batteries because they're just so far from nature. And she just like wants to like she thinks she's going to live on a mountaintop by herself. But by, you know, when she's like really old, like 11 or something. Oh, yeah. And like she's and we were like, but Wendy, like, what are you going to do for like food? And like she's like, I'm just going to live with what the earth has to give me. You know, so she's just like very. She's so funny. She like, she really, yeah, she just is, she's daughter nature. So oh, you have your hands full. That one <laughs> she's is, hilarious. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. So what is your son's diagnosis? There are only 125 people worldwide that are known to have it. So it's super rare, but I'll give you the the big long name. It's called chondrodysplasia punctata X-linked type one. Wow. It's a type of skeletal dysplasia. Um, so yeah, that affects him in a lot of different ways. Um, more intensely when he was younger, now that he's almost four, he, um, health wise is doing great. Like he's been able to graduate from a lot of his specialists and, um, although he does have, so he is hard of hearing and he wears hearing aids. So that's something that'll be around forever. And then, um, he's visually impaired and he um, also has, it's a form of dwarfism. So he's hes a little guy. So those are things that I'll kind of, you know, that'll be with him for his whole life. But um, yeah, hes he is so cute. <laughs> we love, love him. It. Love it. Um, I know you've done some episodes on your podcast in the past um, surrounding your son's diagnosis and how you felt responsibility for it since you're a carrier. Um, my son's specific diagnosis is called Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and it is genetic passed through the mother. Specifically, we found out um, almost a year into his specific, um, into our journey, that I was not a carrier, which was the rare of the rare. But I remember, I remember feeling that confusion around being the carrier of that, um, knowing that and and walking just beside some friends that I know that are carriers that their sons do have um, Duchenne as well. They are carriers. They have mul multiple children, uh, multiple sons with Duchenne, and just um, the layer of guilt and complexity of emotions that that adds to their journey. Um, if you could spend some time with that, because I know we had an episode not too long ago um, that we talked about the guilt. And I did speak to that as well, because um, like I said, eventually it was I found out that I'm not a carrier, which was um, kind of a shock, but um, I carried that for a while. And I remember feeling so, so confused by it, knowing that it wasn't my fault, but still the, the emotions, it's just very hard to explain. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping maybe you could put, you did such a, a wonderful job in your episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is so complicated. And I, I have, there's several things like we thought our son had down syndrome right at first. So like, I, I feel you and like, kind of like, well, we found out later he didn't have down syndrome, but I still feel a special connection to down syndrome, like the down syndrome world because of that. So I get what you're saying. Like mm -hmm. you have like a special insight into what, you know, that's like. And so yeah. But anyway, yeah, it is. Oh, it's so complicated. I, I was really blindsided by it because I didn't. I for some I mean, like with Kimball's condition, it's kind of like a 50 50 like, oh, either it happened, you know, just sporadically and started with him or, you know, other times, like in our case, the mother passes it down unknowingly. And it is I was just so blindsided. I was like, there's no way I caused it. Like, you know, there's all these health like 
no one else had any like any symptoms like this in my family and um and so i just didn't expect it and so finding out that i was a carrier added a level of pain to like an already really painful situation so we were like in that first year after he was born and like watching him like really struggled you know to breathe and like in and out of the hospital and you know not growing at a great rate and you know just a lot of things like that and so i feel like once i found out that i had passed that on to him i was like oh like i did this to my son and it was something that people tried to like talk me out of like oh that's not your fault like you didn't do it you didn't choose to and i'm like but but like my body did that to him so it was something that like i was not able to logic away from because it was just how i felt i was like this just feels like truth like i did this to my son and so that took um a long time like since i recorded the episode you're talking about it's been about i think about a almost two years and since then i feel like i've come to a much healthier place but it took mm. i had to come to that place right it, it, no one could tell me no it's not your fault and me be like oh you're right okay i'm fine like i've i felt it so deeply that i had done this to my son and i felt like my body had betrayed both of us by doing mm -hmm. this like how could my body have done this to him and to me you know and this is causing so much heartache and to watch him struggle and suffer but i think that like one bright you know something i don't know it was very redemptive in within like all that darkness at that time um and i've kind of allowed that to grow and grow and now i feel a lot healthier with all of it is just the fact like oh it's my fault that kimball has this condition but like also it's my body's you know quote unquote fault that kimball exists like he's here i created him right and so i think that you know at first i was like oh well like but I created Kimball and I let that kind of grow and grow. And I feel like that's kind of outshined the darkness that I felt at first, like responsible for how he was suffering to be like, but I'm also responsible for all the joy he brings and that he feels and that, you know, he's such a, like, he's, he's such a special kid. Like he really, he has such a gentle soul and he's so caring and loving. And just to see like, I created that, like, that's awesome. And so I think it's just, it's so complicated, but yeah, that's how that's kind of yeah. evolved. I think like you said, it's not people, you know, want to help and say it, you're not at fault and they mean well, and they're right. It's not, it's not our fault. It's not um, the mom's fault, even if they are a carrier. Um, but I think um, we have a lot of grandparents and we have um, some ministry leaders that listen to this podcast. And I think one of the big takeaways from this is, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. So thank you for humoring me on this because I know it's a very difficult conversation, but I think one of the big takeaways from this is that is not to try to lead someone out of that space is just to kind of sit in that space with them and just love them through it. Because eventually you're going to see all the wonderful things. Cause I can't imagine a life without my son in it, because there is just something he brings to this world that no other person could bring to it. And like you said, it's like, and I did that. So, yeah. um, and I have friends that they are carriers of Duchenne and, their sons are phenomenal human beings. And so it's like, you did that. But I love how you said that. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a very complex emotion. And I think that there's um, times where even the parents um, and the moms don't even realize that they have those feelings. Yeah. Um, you try to push those down um, because you're like, nope, you don't even want to deal with it. And I know for a while, 
I didn't even want to deal with those feelings. So, um, and it's, uh, so thank you for talking about, talking about that. Cause that is a very deep, very difficult conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how on your podcast too, one of the things that we love here at take heart, take heart is just to talk about community because in the special needs world. And, um, when you are, when you have children with disabilities, it is difficult to find community. Um, and that is one of the things that we hold dear is that you can find community with others. And I know that that's one of the things that you hold dear to is just that you have that need for community with other parents and you've done episodes about that as well. And so how are some of the things that you have, um, what are some of the ways that you build community within your family, within your friends, within um, the special needs community as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like that's something that the sooner a newly diagnosed parent or like, you know, a new parent can figure out the better, because I think there's a, definitely a time that we all like kind of grapple with that. Like, okay, how do I connect with my friends and family that I don't get at all what I'm going through? How do I find this, you know, like there must be other parents out there doing this. Like, where are they? You know, how do I find them? <laughs> so, you know, I feel like the sooner you can get there, the better. I think it was like a year and a half before I like really even like met other parents who had children with disabilities. And, you know, that was a very lonely time. Um, and kind of like the carrier thing, it was like it added another layer of pain to an already really hard situation to feel like, oh, this is really hard, but like also I'm alone. Um, but like, I think it was a really big first step for me in both connecting all you know, overall, connecting with anyone um, was finding um, other parents who got it. Because when I was able to find that community, and for me, it was on Instagram, like that's where I found people talking about this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like here they are. Here are the parents that are like, sharing about their child and oh here we're going to appointments and you know they know my life you know which is so cool but then like um also to like once i found that community i feel like i was more able to open up and find deeper connection with my family and friends that are not in that situation because i'm trying to think of how to describe it but it's kind of like once i was able to find like okay these are my people like they get it i'm not the only one it was easier to kind of like feel confident with my friends and family that weren't like in that community and to be like, oh, it's okay. Like I can be with you and I can love you and connect with you because I have this confidence built up from like, and I'm part of this other community that I love and like, I'm not the only one doing this. So, and I think in some ways it's because I was able, I didn't, I didn't necessarily need that validation anymore from my friends and family that didn't get it. It wasn't as big of a deal because I was like, it's okay, I'm getting it from these other people. And so I can connect with my friends and family over things we do have in common. And, you know, I think there's also like, there was this realization of like, I, I don't own the corner on hard. Like their lives are hard too. It's just different things that I don't understand. So being able to connect on a broader sense of like, hey, this is what I'm going through. It sucks. Like, oh man, that's hard. Let me tell you what I'm going through that sucks, you know, because like we can connect over the suck and that sounds really negative, but it's been really cool. And I feel like that's, you know, I don't know. I feel like that really helps me. 
Yeah. And that's great. And I love that you don't own own the corner on hard. Um, And that is so true. And I think one of the great things about finding community, and I think we just live in such an exciting time where we can do, we can find that online because that's where we find, we find it online too, is um, when you find that online and you do find that community you don't expect for your family to be everything. They can't be everything to you. Mm-hmm. Your friends can't, they are not going to understand what you're going through. And if you try to force that, it will distance that relationship. And I don't know about you, but one of the things that um, I have found over the years, and I, I know that I've been doing this for a few years longer, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> one of the things that I have found is, a lot of people don't want to talk about their difficulties because they're like, Oh, I, you know, I know it doesn't compare to what you're going through, but, um, and it's that comparison, but I found that I will try to do that as well. Um, and I will try to compare my heart to other people. And I think that's just human nature as we all try to compare it. Um, But like you said, if we just say, okay, I am going through a hard time. You're going through a hard time. Here's how we can be for, with each other. Here's how we can set in that hard space with each other. And none of us own, I love that phrase. None of us own the, you know, none of us own that corner on hard We we are all going through something difficult and just to be there for each other. That's lovely. Yeah. And I feel like it's so important, like that vulnerability, um, you know, where it's like, what we're, I think the things that we struggle with feel very, very near to our hearts. Like, and a lot of times we want to guard that because it's scary to open up about those things. And I don't know, maybe like we think people will judge us and be like, oh, that's hard for you. Well, like, look what I'm going through, you know, kind of that comparison or I don't know. I just, I feel like the things we struggle with are very personal. And so it is hard to open up about those things, but it was really like eye-opening to realize like, man, like even just with the podcast, the episodes that we dive into like the really hard and we're not sugarcoating things, like those are the ones that are really impactful. And I'm sure you've seen that too, mm-hmm. um, because we can, um, we know that we're not alone in the, in the hard. And that's really, really important to know that. And then to know that other people are struggling with similar things or similar emotions. Like, so I think opening up as we feel comfortable either on social media or like, you know, being interviewed on a podcast or writing a post about it or whatever, like talking about it one-on-one, I think can um, make it feel safer for other people and can offer connection for the other people who are like viewing that or receiving that. Yes, exactly. And it's, I think when you're, when you first launch into this world, when you first become a parent to a child with disabilities or special needs, you're, you're told you're going to have to fight for everything. And you have this image that you're going to have to have it all together. You're going to have to put on your superwoman cape and you are going to have to just go full throttle and vulnerable vulnerability doesn't seem to be a part of that. Um, at least it wasn't for me. I just felt like I needed to be so strong. And I think it, I did a lot of detriment to myself at the very beginning of it. And I think once I realized it's okay, I can have that cape on, but sometimes the cape has holes. <laughs> sometimes I just need to bring the cape around and just ball into it and just cry for a while, just sit down yeah. and cry and just sit in that space with somebody else. Um, yeah. And I think it's also important too, is find community and to kind of pick and choose. Um, there are some communities, you know, is specific to my son's diagnosis that 
they're not, it's not for me. Um, I don't feel like I gain a lot from those communities. Um, some that I'm probably a part of probably aren't for them, you know, for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to try to fight. There's, there's so much out there for everybody that to really, really try to communicate and dive into those, to those spaces with people. Um, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I really feel that's true because there are different types of vibes that you get from different mm-hmm. like you know, the Facebook group or certain people. Like I just feel like it's great to be able to like kind of curate your feed. Like what am I what do I want to consume? What makes me feel good? What makes me mm-hmm. spiral and is probably not as good? You know, what podcasts are more my style? Like just things like that. I think you're spot mm-hmm. on. Like that is so important to to make sure whatever you're consuming is feeding you and not making things harder in an already really hard situation. Right. Well, and I mean, take for instance, um, you know, I listen to your podcast. You have a four-year-old whose diagnosis is completely different. I have an 18-year-old. There's 14 years apart. Um, right. We live how many states apart? We would have never met in any other world <laughs> but this one, um, you know, and I have a tw- almost a 22-year-old who's my oldest, your oldest is six years old. And so, but I feel like I can listen to your podcast and get so much out of it and feel like I'm like, okay, yes, absolutely. Cause when you were talking, like I said, when you were talking about that one um, of being a carrier and the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the feelings that go along with it, that, that really spoke to me and a lot of them did. So I would encourage everybody. Um, I would encourage those who are listening to, really step outside of the diagnosis as well. So when you, if you are really beginning your journey and um, really trying to find your community, definitely start within those diagnoses, but you can find community within like, like, you know, like you said, Madeline, there's so many different vibes and it often does not revolve around the diagnosis. It, it revolves around the people that are in it. And there are places out there for you. It just will take a little due diligence to get in there and, and get involved and engage with people. Um, see yeah. what it's about, kind of try it out. And if it doesn't go to the next one. And that's one great thing about <laughs> social media. It's not like walking into a building. You can just you can just hop around and leave if you don't, if you don't want to. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. In real life, that might be like a little sketchy. Right, you know, like, yeah. walking, I'm going to walk away from you now. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, you were talking about your son earlier um, and you had said that, you know, like I did that. I, and you were talking just about the joy and what is one thing about being a parent to a child with disabilities that brings you joy? And sometimes I just feel like we don't, it's really hard to focus on that. Um, what is one of those things that you can say this life has truly brought me joy and maybe there's not something. I feel like the, it's hard to describe, and I'm sure people listening will be like, yeah, I, like they'll hopefully understand what I'm trying to say, but like, I feel like there's just this depth to my life that was not there before, um, layered with joy, layered with like unimaginable pain, with fear, with like triumph, like just all of those complex emotions just kind of layering on each other. Um, just from our experiences, both the really, really happy ones and the really, really hard ones that just, I don't know, I just feel this depth that I didn't have before. I just feel like a different person. And it's kind of hard to put my finger on exactly, you know, how to describe that, but it feels 
good. Like it feels mm. so deeply human to have like that, that, I don't know, like almost like a, just a deeper pool of water than was there before. And I think I feel because of that more resilient, like, man, I've gone through some really tough stuff and I know that I can handle stuff like that. I can handle things that I don't think I can, right? Because like in the middle of all that, I was like, I just can't handle this. But like, guess what? Here I am. So <laughs> I think that feeling is just so just, I just feel so like powerful when I think of it that way. And then in just like more of a simplistic way, like of, of the joy that I've had because of this, I just have met, like going back to the connection, I've met the best people and these really deep relationships um, and just connections, even if we don't get to know each other super well, just being like, ah, oh, she gets it. And that, I don't know, I just, I don't know that that could have happened any other way. And it's it's very unique. And I, I treasure that a lot. And then beyond that, um, just, I mean, like, it's hard to like, my, there's my son, there's his disability, they're all kind of tangled up. But like, I, he is just like, I mentioned, like, he is just, he's such a incredible kid. And he has brought me so much joy over his four years of life. And I know he'll continue to do that. And that, you know, as any parent knows, disability or not, like, that's such a special thing. And it's so incredible and, and life changing yeah. to the person to their parents. And I don't know. So there's like, I guess all those different, like, different parts that are positive to me that I'm so grateful for. And I didn't yeah. think I'd be saying that. That's the thing is like in the earlier days, I did not think I would ever say there was anything positive about all of this. But I think giving yourself time and space and it may be four years, it may be 14, like, you know, <laughs> four months. I don't know. Like it just takes different amounts of time and space to get to a point like that. But I, I don't know. I am confident that we all do get there at some point where we're like, yeah, I'm grateful for this, even though it's yeah. been so hard. And I think it's important to allow ourselves to find the joy in it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think sometimes, um, like, you know, my son's diagnosis is degenerative and it's painful. And there's times where I'm like, how can I find the joy in this? And then I yeah. think I'm supposed to find the joy in this. If I don't find the joy in it, how, how does he stand a chance at finding joy in life? Um, if I become a victim to it, he stands no choice, you know, no chance at not becoming a victim to this life. So um, I think as parents, we need to allow ourselves to be able to find joy. Um, we're supposed to find joy and it's okay to find joy. And um, there are times where I really think that my son has this, um, I don't know, but he just has this deeper connection um, I think he has a direct pipeline to Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes I just think like, <laughs> he, has, he just has this, um, this otherworldly um, aspect about him that um, I learned so much from him. And so um, I love how you said there's just a lot of layers. Everything is deeper. Um, the emotions are deeper. The pain is deeper. The joy is deeper. Um, and that is so true. And I love that. Um, yeah. And it's incredible, like you say, like the, the direct pipeline, like seeing that special part of, I don't know, I just feel like that that's another thing that is so incredible is to like see the depth in him too. Um, and, you know, obviously we don't know what they would have been, been like if they'd been born you know, with healthy bodies and whatever, but like, I don't know, I'm convinced that like there is this depth to him that would not have been there. And to my daughter, you know, she's been through right. heck too. Like it's been very right. hard for her as well to be, I mean, especially because as her, you know, her parents just flailing and like emotionally in the first little bit, like 
that was really hard for her. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like it, you know, I, like I mentioned at the beginning, like where like I feel this resilience in myself, but I can see it in my children as well and, and right. my husband. And that's really, really cool. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I love how you brought up your daughter. Um, my, my son who's 21, there is a side to him that would not have existed if he had not had the craziness that came with having the parents that received this diagnosis when he was yeah. 12. Um, but there's an empathy to him that just, yeah, there's just this part of his personality. Maybe he would have been like that, but I, I don't, I don't believe so. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that they teach me much more than I've ever taught them. And um, maybe that's why God put them here is like Sarah needed a little extra help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So um, what is, if you could go back, um, I had one last question. I love this question. Um, but if you could go back and give yourself any advice at the beginning of this whole journey, what would you tell yourself? I think I would tell myself that I would be happy. I know that sounds like a little like, oh, it's, <laughs> but I, I really didn't believe it. Like, I, I really was like, our life is over. This is terrible. Like when we were just in and out of the hospital all the time and just struggling. And he, like our son just, because he was working so hard just to like be alive. And I don't know, like everything was really hard for him too. Like there, I just didn't see a lot of joy in him either. And so I was like, what's even the point of this? Like, he's not happy. I'm not happy. Our daughter was struggling so much, like so much. She was just having such a hard time. And I think if I could have, if I would have had any idea of like how normal our lives would feel just a couple years later, or even a year mm -hmm. later, how much better things gotten, like you will find joy and life does get better. You will adjust. You are strong enough for this. And I wish that in that too, I could bring myself a little video of Kimball hopping around and playing the ukulele and being super cute and adorable and happy. Like, look how happy he is and look how happy you are. Um, I think that would have been such a game changer, such yeah. a game changer, because that would have helped me see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm just going to keep chugging along till I get to that point where I feel adjusted and, you know, things are just a little bit easier. And so I just, that would have been so amazing to be able to go back and do that. I love that. That's huge. That actually made me tear up. I think that is one of the biggest things that um, I think is a great takeaway for our listeners is that happiness is it's possible. And um so thank you. Thank you for that reminder. I think that that's going to be um, a blessing for a lot of people just to, to hear that. Because I think even, even a decade into it, I even need that reminder every once in a while. Um, you know, it can, it can get hard. It doesn't yeah. stop being hard. And, but if you constantly remember that. Um, so yeah, thank you. Yeah. And now I have a picture of cute little Campbell jumping around with his little ukulele. So oh, I'm going to be picturing so that cute. all the <laughs> To send you, we're giving him an accordion for his birthday. He keeps asking for an accordion, so oh, it's just so the cutest cute. thing. Little musician, I can't handle yeah. it. I love it. All right, well, so where can our listeners find you these days? We are going to also have the links to these in our show notes, so be sure to check those out. But where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Instagram, um, and so that my handle is at the underscore rare underscore life, which is the name of my podcast. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'm, I release uh, weekly episodes and, you know, those are on Spotify and um, podcasting apps. Um, yeah. And on Facebook, yeah. the Real Life Podcast. So, yeah. Great. And make sure to go and check her out. It is, um, it's definitely a game changer. I really um, feel that what you're putting out there is a blessing to so many. So I personally just want to thank you for what you're doing. It has been, it's just, it's just so good to see that. And I think that it's going to, it just just changes lives. So thank you so much for doing that. And thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Such an honor. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful you are walking on this journey with us. If you have any questions or comments, follow the links in our show notes. We love hearing from our listeners.